0: live live, you guys well we already lost one i see one down already but we're live uh welcome everyone to casal live this week uh so there's jim we got him back uh i see you guys out there in chat skip dale breeze tones mallory christy everybody hello welcome uh we definitely have a much bigger panel we week Get all these
1: people.
0: I know. Look at this. Uh, so we have uh, a number of other board members here with us today uh, to kind of discuss this week's stuff and things. Uh, we have Danielle Jones joining us. We have Mr. Matt Cully joining us. Hi. The always lovely Julie Wozner and forever grumpy Jim McDonald.
2: <laughs> How am I grumpy? <laughs> i'm more grumpy than i am i'm older not by much
0: i mean you have the right to be this grumpy but i'm just <laughs> i'm just we're here to state facts today jim
2: anyways just to be, welcome
0: just
1: everybody to be, uh, clear we've got danielle cassad's president you cassad's vice president Logan, and matt is our secretary treasurer and julie wants to be nobody uh, alex is our ceo I am the member coordinator, and Jim is- our Board leader. member extraordinaire. Our, our resident curmudgeon, I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's a
3: title the that we- Director, director of, of curmudgeon, curmudgeon and services. <laughs>
2: <laughs> writer yeah.
1: extraordinaire. Julie's already got fan club. <laughs>
2: I'm still on the board of directors, so. Yes, she is.
3: So we are doing a bit of a different format today, obviously, with all of the big topics to talk about. Um, Just so folks know, uh, we're going to I'm going to do the legislative rundown at the end. If you are in Colorado, Connecticut or Tennessee and you want to stick around to hear what's happening next week, starting Monday, um, that'll be at the end. And of course, it'll be its own separate uh, recording on our SoundCloud and other places where Logan uploads that. Um, and so with that, do we want to jump right into this to make sure we're uh, respectful of everybody's time?
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say let's let's get right into it. Let's get cool. right into it. Do you want to roll that beautiful deep dive footage? You want me to roll the beautiful deep dive footage? OK, let's do it. Could, I wasn't sure if I was going to use bumpers this week, but let's, let's do the do thing. It. I guess this qualifies as like a two part deep dive. This week we're skipping takes we're skipping all of that we've got two real big major things to talk about Uh, and we're going to start this week with Danielle who has some data to share for us so Danielle uh, we're going to give the floor to you let me know if or when or how or where you want a fancy graphic to go up and uh, just signal to me give me the bat signal and away it'll go
4: sounds good. Um, As some of you may know, the CDC finally released um, their full MMWR on the National Youth Tobacco Survey numbers for 2021. This year was a little bizarre because we got sort of a preliminary release in the fall, which we usually get. And typically about a month later, uh, we'll receive this report. But for some reason, it was massively delayed, which was very extraordinary. Um, you had um, the wonderful Brad Radu commenting on this as well. It was very bizarre that they waited this long. We got no you know, information about smoking numbers last year, nothing. It was really weird. So they finally released this report. Um, this week, basically. And it has some very interesting, um, you know, information. And strangely, and there's a number of articles that we can provide from Reason and various different places that talk about how bizarre it is that CDC and public health at large is not talking about the insanely low smoking numbers for youth. So high school and middle school. Is it Basically non-existent levels. I think any country in the world would call this smoke-free, right? Um, so, it's just some really interesting data. I did go ahead and put up a fan- made a fancy little graph um, that showed Logan. If you want to pop that up on the screen. Um, So I'm basically showing you smoking and vaping. Uh, This is for high school specifically uh, and for current use. So that means any use within the past 30 days of taking the survey from 2004 to 2021, which is the latest data that we just got. Um, So the interesting things you'll see in the dark blue, that's your smoking rates. The green is your vaping rates. And then this cute little cigarette line that I've created is essentially (laughs) what a predicted decline of smoking would have been before 2014. So the thing that you kind of have to, you can notice in this data that something interesting happened in 2014, which caused the decline, the rate of decline for smoking to go way faster and way lower than anyone had predicted before. And if you speak to anyone, you know, on this channel, we're going to tell you that that had, a lot to do with vaping um so you can see sort of the coinciding of the rise of vaping and the dramatic decline in smoking and so yet again we have seen you know in 2021 so i've got overall numbers and high school numbers but high school smoking for 2021 was 1.9 percent of high schoolers that is insane that is unheard of that is epic the overall rate for both high school and middle school combined was 1.5%. So these are, I mean, we thought last year was record low smoking. This dropped even further. I mean, it's its kind of bananas, if I'm being honest. And the interesting thing about this is that if you look at the vaping numbers, you'll see that absolutely there was a peak in 2019, um, but numbers have continued to fall, basically. Um, for, for, uh, high school, you've got, um, the current, you know, use, which is any use in the past 30 days at now down to 11.3%. And by all accounts, that was, you know, before the, the numbers that we were seeing, the rates that we were seeing before a vape epidemic was ever declared by FDA and CDC. So we are now pre, you know, uh, Vape epidemic um, levels, and so yeah, this is this is the data. Um, Feel free to you know ask me anything, or or if you want to talk about different things. But I would say one of the things I really wanted to highlight in this was this sort of trend versus reality area, Um, the area of the graph, you know, which is basically the difference between what the projected rate of decline of smoking (laughs) was and what the reality is, and. There are a lot of intelligent people who will tell you that that difference, the fact that there is a difference there, is largely because of the off-ramp that vaping has provided to young people, that it is more interesting to them to try out vaping than perhaps smoking. And it's actually decreasing smoking even faster than it was projected to be. So that's my spiel. The the only, so the only two reasons I can think of for
5: why they might not be blasting out these cigarette numbers because they are just freaking amazing. I mean, probably better than anyone ever expected Right? is, is uh, probably one. There's some nefarious reasons because of the gateway theory and stuff like that. It, it, it definitely uh, disproves that issue, but also they, when they came out with the vaping numbers, they always, they really like to throw that, that caveat in that because of COVID uh, you know, th- these might be skewed a little bit. So I don't think that they can, Ooh prop up that 1.9% with cigarettes when they've already kind of discounted the vaping numbers lowering, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, it's interesting because they did include a disclaimer with the this year's uh, 2021 rather's data that says, mm-hmm. oh, well, because, you know, because of lockdowns and because kids were, you know, at home instead of at school, that you cannot compare this data to prior years data but at the same time they also said but we're also fully confident that this data yeah. is accurate yeah. so those two things don't really jive right if you're If it's accurate, then why can you not compare it to prior years? That to me doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, and to your point, yeah, this completely disproves the gateway theory if you if you look at this. So, first off, smoking has continued to decline. (coughs) There's maybe a small bump in 2018, but in actual numbers, it's like 8.1 to 8.6. It's not anything you know massively um significant. So there's a tiny bump in 2018, but Overall, it is a massive decline. And even as interestingly, even as vaping numbers have declined, smoking is still going down. So, you know, even one of the things that we were worried about, right, is that with all of these laws and all of these regulations that kids were going to vape less because everyone was going to vape less, right, because access is, is denied. And then we would see smoking, you know, go back up to compensate, which still could happen. But interestingly, it hasn't happened. So even as they're vaping less, they're still dramatically smoking less. I just think there is there is no feasible logical argument anymore for the gateway theory. I just, I don't see it. Yeah. And yet. <laughs> right?
6: <laughs> Can I uh, mention something here? Yep. Just to be clear, what we're talking about are past 30-day smoking numbers. Okay. So this is anybody Please taking even one drag off a cigarette mm-hmm. in the past 30 days. Right daily smoking, or not even daily smoking, but smoking on 20 or more days of the month for high school students was down to 0.4%, which is one out of every 250. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons you haven't seen smoking go back up as vaping has become harder to access is that um, the usual reason that kids start smoking, which is their friends are doing it or um you know they're trying to be cool or whatever nobody else is doing it so yeah i think unlikely to crank it from scratch
5: i think the 2022 data is going to be the most telling like is this yeah an outlier year because of covid but now that all just about every school is back that's 2022 is going to be super intriguing um to, to check
6: out. I wouldn't be surprised if everything goes back up a little bit.
5: Yeah, it could, it could go back up a little bit. I mean, yeah. and that may be also why they don't want to prop this up too much because they're expecting stuff to rebound a bit. But I mean, if it still kind of follows the trend. Um,
6: but folks, they've never, they've never had a good word to say about smoking, declining as vaping has mm-hmm. increased. Yeah. 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 So you can go back to 2014, which was, um, you know, the first, I think, double digit year for Drop. past yeah. 30 day vaping in high school. Uh, Tom Frieden, who was the head of the CDC then, made a huge deal out of the vaping, but he didn't even mention that smoking yeah. was at its lowest rate ever. Right. It's been, you know, at that point or lower since then, it went up one year, but it didn't go up to an above 2014 level. So and yes.
1: what's really interesting and I think what they'll do is that the the data is suspect and you can't really trust it when it comes to the good things, the good news, but it's 100% you know accurate and trustworthy in that 2.55 million kids are using tobacco. Right. You know, so that for that number, it's you won't see them bring up that little disclaimer. But you know, if we start pushing things like, oh, look yeah. at all the smoking rates going down, look at a, they'll bring up that little disclaimer. Oh, oh, but
2: you know,
4: right? <laughs> but
2: but I do agree with Matt. I think we're gonna have to wait and see until twenty twenty two. I because it it these numbers they're strange. It's it's been a strange year,
4: and there <laughs> there is an argument to be made, right? That some kids you know obviously get product from their friends right in a social setting at school and if they don't have access to those friends at school they're not using the product so like everybody said i wouldn't be surprised at a small bump next year i don't think it's going to be major because like what jim said once you're not smoking anymore you know there's not really a big draw to go back to it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's easy to keep doing it if it's still it's if it's available to you readily your friends are doing it but once you've stopped you know, for a while in vaping as well for, for the young people, I don't know that there's going to be a huge uptick again.
1: And I think, I mean, this is past 30 day. That's going to fluctuate all the time. Right. Like if you look at the frequent vaping and frequent smoking, where those are kids who are going to get it either way, they're, they're daily users and they're not the ones who are getting it from their friends for a puff in the last 30 days that those numbers looked good too. Right. Well, you know, those numbers, numbers were going was- down too.
2: Those are the numbers we should care about. I mean, from a yeah. public health standpoint, the fact that a kid took a puff off of somebody's vape at a party. Right. Concerns me not even a little bit as a parent. Right. You know, what, what we're, we're really interested in is the kids who are who are using it more frequently. Yeah. yeah.
5: And now that I have a teen, like, it's kind of interesting really seeing this up close. And that is how most of the vaping is, especially with disposables. I mean, because she's pretty open with me, tells me about... You know how how it all works there. It's like they they pass it around at a party, and there's you know 15 different kids puffing on one single uh, vapor. So, you know,
2: and, yeah. and, and it, it's almost about germs.
5: Yeah, I know that, that really is very scary. We wonder why they get mono and shit like right. that. <laughs> but uh, and and yeah, she said it's almost completely from. You know, they have dealers at school that sell these things. <clears throat>
6: So I, I think it's interesting to see that as the past 30 day vaping use goes down, that as a percentage of the total, you have more uh, kids who are vaping frequently. And I, I think that's a good thing because what you're seeing is the ones who vape frequently are probably the ones who smoked right. or would have smoked. Or would have smoked, and right. Now they're, and now they're vaping instead. And although that number looks larger, it's like twenty-five percent of the total, or whatever, maybe even more than that. I don't remember. <coughs> what what you're seeing is just a mass mass exodus from combustible cigarettes. Yeah. And, the, this is fact, a
1: study you know, out of the UK just just said that it was it was that um, co uh, totally blanking on the word right now when they had liability. Uh,
3: Common liability. Common liability.
1: Thank you. Uh, that pretty much the, the kids who were vaping most likely would have smoked. And that's not leading them to smoking at all. There's no gateway.
6: Yeah, the regular, no, smoke smoke. The regular vapors, yeah. And, yeah, you know, up, for, like for the
3: CDC and for all of the campaigns, there's really no motivation to, to dig into this data because that, again, just like gateway, erodes at their talking point that these products are um, are hooking you know kids who, who wouldn't have otherwise smoked, um, and so you know, yeah, this 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 refutes that pretty positively. Yeah,
6: yeah they don't want to know, so yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it doesn't fit their narrative. And I think we've all seen that the government feels quite comfortable um, giving us information in a way that makes their point, whether it's accurate or not. They're doing it for our own good. Yeah. Right. That was said with heavy sarcasm. Right. About for our own good. Um, I don't believe it's ever appropriate to lie or misstate the facts for somebody's own good. It gets you into a lot of trouble. I thought
1: it was weird how, I mean, just the other day, uh, uh, Brad Radu, Dr. Radu was. Tweeting and and did a post and said, where is this? Where's the data? Right. You know, and then just before they pass this whole synthetic nicotine thing, it's like in the last minute. So it couldn't be used for anything. All of a sudden it pops up and you're like, just enough to make the headlines of 2.55 million kids are still vaping and it's a health concern and nobody had time to dig into it and say, Hey, but, 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 you know, but that's a conspiracy theorist in me. (laughs) So
5: well, yeah. I mean, that's, those are the real conspiracy. See, Like people always think government's blatantly lying, but really they're better at half truths and kind of forming, yeah, true. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. especially with, you know, I love science, but uh, you could take data and, and, and prove all kinds of different points, you know, and that's why there's always so much argument over all kinds of different uh, scientific debates. Yeah. yeah.
6: yeah. I, I wish um, vapors would stop saying stuff like, but we have the science, why aren't we winning? The science is all over the place. There's all yeah. kinds, of, you could cherry pick thousands
2: of studies that have bad things to say about vaping. And they do, so. Yeah. But nobody looks at the people who like Kristen and me have been vaping for well more than a decade.
6: Yeah.
2: Um, I have not grown a third leg yet. <laughs> Everybody should be very happy. And I haven't had pneumonia since I quit smoking.
5: Julie, we just need Whoa. you to donate one of your lungs so we can. Uh, <laughs>
2: for science, it. when I'm, but I need it because I'm <laughs> yeah. a bit of hiking, so and riding mm. my bike because sure. I now can do that.
3: Anyway, I, I would say nobody's looking at that except for uh, apparently Ricardo Pelosa, who right. has now published. I, I think it's two kind of follow up studies or reports of uh, you know their longitudinal studies. I think one is three three years, and the other is five years, and this is specifically focusing on people with COPD, um, and and noticing you know the, the health improvements that people are experiencing. So that's out there. That's also available on CASA's, um Information Library. So go check it out, Casaz.org Information Library. Um,
0: uh, why? walk you through how to get there if
3: you want this
1: one down here keeping that up
0: <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah alex if you wanted to pull that up so everybody could. let's see. show
4: everyone because i also added a new section this week and we should talk about that real quick oh
3: sure there we go It's under the resources, map. information library mm-hmm. boom there you go research data articles what do we do health effects is that where this one is
4: um yeah the copd stuff should be under health effects And here you are. I've organized it into two primary sections. We've got science and then we've got sort of news blogs type. And then within those two categories, I've broken it down even further by, you know, cessation, um, you know, people who study uh, vaping for cessation reasons, health effects, um, all Mm -hmm. kinds of different. um, But The new section that we've added is the recommended reading section. So if anybody out there is trying to create a tobacco harm reduction book club, I've got you covered right here. Here's your entire reading list for I don't even know how long, at least a year, probably. Um, These are uh, thanks to the CASA board for helping to contribute to this list. But these are some of the best uh, books out there written by people that you know and love uh, all about this issue that's cool and they link to the uh, Amazon page so that you can most of them are available in physical form and like Kindle form or e-reader form so there you go very cool yeah all the science right there
3: um, did we have any more questions comments discussion about the NYTS data I'm sure we're not really doing it all the justice that uh, you know an academic panel would do but grassroots AF Yep. (laughs) Um, So should we continue on with this or get right into the nitty
0: gritty synthetic nicotine?
4: I think I'm I'm good if you guys are good. I was was Mm -hmm. just going to
0: defer to Danielle on that one. But Mm -hmm. if if Danielle's Kind of through all the data and talking points you wanted to get through, I'd say we can move right along.
1: And yeah, we'll see. You guys will start seeing stuff, Danielle. Between stuff, Danielle and I are like data nerds when it comes to this report coming That's out. So um,
4: many spreadsheets, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so We're many. usually like trading the background, trading spreadsheets. So you'll start seeing stuff coming out from Gustav. I mean, hopefully Danielle will be able to make some pretty, some more pretty graphics to start making points and stuff as we come across these things. That hopefully we'll have some memes and stuff for you guys to share and use um and to kind there, of throw at people so we'll, we'll work on that in the coming coming weeks um
4: there was some here. really interesting breakdowns we don't have time to get into it now but they also asked and published because they may ask a lot of questions but they don't always publish uh information on um basically mental health issues right. they had the students rate themselves um, so it's self-reported, but they had them rate themselves on you know, mental health, whether they feel like they have no issues, mild issues, severe issues, and then also compared those to you know, the usage of different tobacco products. So we've got some uh, mental health, you know, we've got race information, we've got uh, LGBTQ information. So I'm definitely planning on digging into to a lot of this.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Well, I guess that brings us up to our next topic, which is synthetic nicotine. Uh, Jim recently put out a, an excellent article on this. On I am Bruce putting State.
1: the link in there right now.
0: Thank you. And uh, I was wondering, Jim, if you could kind of give us the rundown of what just happened regarding the omnibus bill and synthetic nicotine and FDA. Give mm-hmm. us the rundown, Jim. What, what is going on?
6: So the, the, first the House and then the Senate passed the omnibus spending bill, which uh, is, uh, you know, it, it just keeps the government running until the end of this fiscal year. So until the end of September. And as part of that, as always happens with these bills, all kinds of unrelated legislation gets shoved in there. Um, and among the things that were shoved in there is this um, language that gives the FDA authority over nicotine from any source. So it's not just synthetic nicotine, it's any form of nicotine sold in a consumer product is now the FDA's um, uh, thing to regulate. So uh, there is no um, vegetable derived nicotine. People talk about this all the time. It could be done. You could genetically engineer peppers or tomatoes or eggplants to produce nicotine for extraction, but nobody's done it yet. If they do, it's now regulated by the FDA.
0: I was just going to um, say, you, you see online a lot of people make the tomato and eggplant. Yeah, yeah, I, I even
6: yeah. see people say our e-liquid that we sell is made from tomatoes. So,
0: it's it's absolutely you know, not. It's I mean, not. The, the amount of nicotine that's actually in most nightshade plants outside of tobacco is so minuscule. Yeah. Like the amount of that vegetable you would need in the process that you would need
5: to they get. They are it. lying. Yeah, they got a couple hundred workers in a warehouse out back just stomping tomatoes. <laughs>
6: yeah, it looks
5: like an ocean spray commercial. You would
6: need, you would need um, somebody told me this once, a chemist. I remember you would need it, a yeah. whole truck, like a semi, full of tomatoes to make, <laughs> that, to make enough nicotine to make like a bottle of e liquid. So yeah. it's just not there yet. But anyway, that's we're really getting um, aside here. So the language in the bill um, gives the FDA authority over all nicotine. It's going to take effect um, 30 days after President Biden signs it. It looks like, according to Paul Blair, that's going to be Monday or Tuesday. It has to be by Tuesday because they also passed a short-term um, thing to keep things going. Um Anyway, after the 30, after. Um, Biden signs it, Uh, you'll have 30 days before it takes effect. And then after that, there's an additional 30 days before anybody who wants to remain on the market any longer has to file a pre-market tobacco application, a PMTA. Um, I did, did
3: before before you go further there, Jim, I I did just wanna double check the timeline here. Um, I have this written on our call to action Um, And this, of course, adapted from from Paul's uh, tweet. Uh, So it's 30 days from an enactment. Enactment is the effective date. 30 days from the effective date uh, is when PMT, PMTA applications are due. And then 90 days from the effective date is the deadline for FDA to issue marketing orders. Just want to make sure I got that right.
6: right. So the longest anybody is going to have before products have to come off the market or have received uh, authorization is 120 days for a month. So I guess
5: can FDA though do what they've done in the past where they basically say, we're not going to get this stuff done in time. So we're going to enforce or no, we're going to exercise enforcement discretion until we're done.
6: Yeah, they could do that. And that's, I believe something that um, industry people are, hoping for or possibly working toward um the thing is everybody who has synthetic nicotine products on the market right now is going to have 60 days total to sell them without worrying about enforcement whether they submit a pmta or not yeah um and then beyond that we're into the pmtas
2: and Um, that's only an additional 60 days and and i I can't say for certain, but it would shock me to my core if within 90 days FDA issued any approvals on synthetic nicotine. Just shock me.
5: Yeah. So they're either going to like just do a whole batch, you know, deny thing like they did before, but then potentially have legal troubles or extend it out. But then I guess the big question is, are they going to make these people pull the products off the market or let them have, you know, have enforcement discretion and, and not mess with them until they have a decision.
6: So I, you know, <clears throat> nobody knows what they're going to do. Of course. Uh, I, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with all the, uh, C store disposable products that are on the market right now, not just puff bar, but all of puff bars cousins.
5: Yeah, but there's also a lot. A lot of those are conventional nicotine, yeah. regular tobacco derived nicotine, and these C stores and smoke shops don't care, or even probably most of them don't even
6: know. You know, that's what's right. And what's True. That. <laughs> I, I um, think it's uh, okay. it's easy for the FDA to focus on dedicated vape shops and online sellers, because that's all that's, uh, you know, they don't have to worry about anything else um, when they deal with them. Uh, And it seems like, um, you know, vaping businesses are getting more attention than C-stores, which are selling all kinds of stuff that was never submitted, you know, with the PMTA.
1: I don't know if any of you can answer this, but Sean Casey's is asking, is it correct that people without existing products, without existing product with MDOs can't resubmit new PMTAs?
6: You can't resubmit identical products that were only changed in the form of nicotine they used.
1: That were already so, rejected, right? With right. MDOs. So
6: if okay. you come out with a synthetic version of the same product, same name, same ingredient, that can't be resubmitted with a new PMTA. If you've however, already been denied, however, you have between now and 30 days from when Biden signs it to introduce new synthetic products. Yeah. that have different ingredients and different names.
5: So that company can still submit; just it's got to be for new products.
6: It's got to be; for, it can't be for a product that already received a yeah. marketing denial. But of order.
2: course, you know this kind of beggars the the question of whether anybody's got time to submit a robust PMTA. I I would
5: imagine that a lot of those companies already have it, you know, they're just going to change some stuff in and out if they already have kind of their template. And again, I know we don't want to, we're not giving any legal advice, but some of them might purposefully do it just in order to
2: sue the FDA once they're denied. Right. And there's still, you know, lawsuits out there.
6: And there are probably companies that um, closed or, you know, withdrew their, Registrations um, before all of the lawsuits after the MDOS that might be regretting that and wishing they could get back into the business now. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just saying there may be some people out there. Who yeah, and a
5: lot lot's. How do we know any kind of timeline on some of these uh, existing lawsuits? Because a lot's going to hinge on that. If there's some wins, yeah, I mean, then there's some of
6: these. Halfway. Some of these are going to be happening soon, but some of them aren't scheduled to be heard till summertime or um, and some of them aren't scheduled at all. Yeah. So this is probably going to be going on for many, many months, if not years.
1: I mean, even people who don't care about vaping, this should really concern them that Congress did this. I mean, that the idea that <laughs> you can just forget the science, don't have anything that supports what you're doing whatsoever and just completely change the the process.
5: I mean, yeah, but on on, on face value though, if you don't know anything about it, it just looks like a loophole and it makes complete sense for them to, uh, uh, to, to then put synthetic nicotine in with, with regular nicotine. Now, obviously our issue is, is that the FDA is completely, completely incapable of regulating these products properly so we don't want to give them even more oversight but if i'm joe schmo and i don't know anything about it i'm going to be like yeah that makes sense i mean they're just yeah. closing the loop. right
1: but and i understand what you're saying and, and i agree completely but what, what i was saying is that it's not just closing a the loophole they put a bunch of stuff in there that that okay you've got 60 days to to get your you know, PMTA and you've got, I mean, all this stuff was things that it took years for the FDA to come up with that yeah. they just poof, threw that away and said, no, nope, here's what we're going to do because we want to punish these people for doing this. Well, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's I mean, I was, It should concern people that, the, that Congress is just, you know, screw the science.
2: But nobody cares <laughs> about punishing loophole people. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. how this is publicly perceived. And I've they yet. gave bare minimum, which I don't even think, is sufficient um, on any score, but they gave kind of just yeah. You so, got thirty days.
6: Don't you it, guys think yeah. that there might be room for lawsuits based on the fact oh, that, yeah. uh, that Congress has completely thrown out the um, the um, Administrative Procedure Act? In that, the, that's what I oh, was. the rulemaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
1: I mean, well, that's what I was mean, getting agreements. at. That's what I was getting at. They're skipping over all of
6: that. this uh, This isn't a product. This isn't the same thing that was just like, you know, that people were like scamming the FDA. It's a different product. It's not tobacco. Right. The Tobacco Control Act was meant to regulate tobacco. This is not tobacco. So the FDA, in my opinion... Should have to go through its normal procedures under the Administrative Procedure Act. Deeming, like I was
1: talking about earlier. Yeah. Well, you know, Congress, about, I was asking you guys about
2: that. Congress does write the rules, right? I mean, they're the ones who, with the able assistance they, campaign for tobacco free kids and Philip Morris, um, wrote the Tobacco Control Act to begin with. You know, but I do think that there are some legal challenges. I'm gonna be um, really looking forward to seeing what some of the more seasoned attorneys representing industry players come up with i think there's going to be some good stuff
0: yeah and 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 i I agree with matt like you know joe schmo doesn't care that fda just got regulatory authority over synthetic nicotine joe schmo doesn't care but i think joe schmo or or the average american should be concerned with the lack of democratic process that goes into this with that's these meant, yeah. spending bills and, and, you know, legislation just kind of being slid in there completely unrelated to keeping the government functioning for a year. Um,
1: that's typical. You know, but, yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, and I think that's I think that is a key point for the average American to be concerned with, whether you were talking about nicotine or whatever. You know, that's that's a concerning thing.
3: So, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take for the electorate to be fed up with this. But it is, as Kristen noted, this is sort of standard operating procedure in state houses and in Congress. Um, you know, New York was a good example of this. Uh, the flavor ban was tucked into the state's budget bill that was, you know, there's all kinds of we, we've just been in a state of emergency for like two or three years now. So, of course, there's lots of pressure for, for governments to pass their budgets to do things like, you know, fund a COVID response, fund, you know, the effort in, in Ukraine and, and whatever. And so these things must pass. We must fund the government so that state parks and other services stay open. And it's done very hastily and quickly at the last minute. And for, you know, specific to synthetic nicotine, you know, I understand that many in Congress are willing to accept the propaganda handed to them by Philip Morrison campaign for tobacco free kids, which should be referred to as a singular entity at this point um, and and just accept that the loopholders need to be punished. But this is, as Jim mentioned, a different product. It doesn't have the same supply chain. It doesn't have the same manufacturing issues. Arguably, you know, it, it, it is something that should go through review just to highlight the potential difference in environmental impact for producing synthetic nicotine. This bill, this language didn't receive a committee hearing. There was absolutely no engagement with the public. And right. as usual, no engagement with the primary stakeholders, which is us. Uh, and and it was slipped into this must pass bill with no debate, no no daylight, uh, and voted on rather hastily and with just the cold, calculated procedural uh, 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 actions of, of balancing your checkbook at the kitchen table. Um, it was it was pretty disheartening to see this. Um, and, and, and you know, even, Yeah, and
5: they they did the same thing to us with the with the, the vape mail bill as well. Mail, um, yeah.
6: And a little I, different. The vape mail bill was debated and passed in the House and passed in the Senate. Yeah, in slightly different versions before before it was put into the
2: yeah. And half the I'm, people, um, at least, who voted on this probably didn't even know that this was in here. No, it's
6: like oh, almost three thousand pages
5: long.
2: not no, assuming board. what FDA will say is that. They have already
5: deemed e cigarettes. So now that they have jurisdiction, it's just so weird because there's nothing, you know, there's no precedent here, I don't think. Now that they have jurisdiction over synthetic nicotine, they don't need to do any future deeming because yeah, it's already done.
2: Yeah, because Congress writes the laws. I mean, the thing that's kind of frustrating, well, kind of, the one <laughs> of the many things that's frustrating about this mm-hmm. is it's the same kind of thing when we were expecting deeming, you know, that was coming down mm-hmm. the pipes for quite some time. We were all speculating. What was it going to look like? You know, it never in people's wildest thoughts occurred that that somehow a vape device with no nicotine component. I'm not talking about disposables or or anything else. I'm just talking about a vape device. Somehow that could be a tobacco product. I mean, or or no nick.
1: Yeah, could be
2: regulated it, it the whole thing is just really bizarre um and they've made it into this it, and it's because it's a moral panic with you know the children the children um who are vaping less and
4: less yeah. which
1: i find interesting because i saw that I, I i was in a twitter conversation with somebody who had who had said oh this is an interesting week and we've got the The um, survey data just came out and they just closed this loophole and I tweeted back at her and I said, well, number two on that, the survey data pretty much negates the necessity for number three, the, the synthetic nicotine thing. And she's like, well, I call BS because that had nothing to do with youth use. That was just closing a loophole, of bad actors. And I said, Oh, really? Here's the press releases from all I'm talking about flavors from synthetic nicotine. So people out there just don't, I use my hands too much on my. Well,
2: <laughs> but in fairness, though, there were a number of industry players who kind of thumbed their nose. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But yes, but um, she thought it had nothing to do with, with youth use, which I thought was really interesting that I'm like, oh, wow. You know, how are people, we have to stop and think sometimes, how are people outside of our bubbles? I don't mean you guys, I mean, as right, advocates. Right. we have well, to I'm think outside of our bubbles of how, how are other people viewing us and the things that we say. And I have this conversation a lot with uh, with folks about, you know, blaming parents, uh, you know, and, and stuff. And so that's one of those things that, kind of but hmm people aren't seeing this loophole thing as being something that's tied to the flavor teen thing you know she didn't she didn't and she's a doctor and she didn't see that so I thought well that's interesting I wonder where that perspective came from why are they not seeing it that way so
2: yeah well another thing Sean um, Casey made the point that it's kind of hard for people for industry players to fund a legal challenge. Um, when their businesses are getting ready to be wiped out. And yeah. I just want to say, I, I fully appreciate that, um, but there is strength in numbers. I think there will be opportunities for um, larger group efforts, I hope. I hope that's something that the industry is working on. Um, well, I think
5: you're 100% going for an injunction too. Um, just like, you know, with these, if you, let's say at that, let's say FDA doesn't give uh, um, any kind of enforcement discretion and they don't finish PMTAs on synthetic, and so they just tell everybody to pull their crap off the market, that's when you sue and you try to get that injunction like what uh, Triton did or something. But, yeah, if you don't get it, then you might not be able to see the whole thing through. Yeah. I
6: mean, it's it's very frustrating. Um, so, Julie, <clears throat> Julie, you're a lawyer. Let me ask you. Let me put um, you on the spot here.
2: Not practicing. haven't practiced for decades. <laughs> not legal <laughs> advice. That- Julie is a Duke
6: University Law School graduate. Yeah, well, whatever.
2: You're
5: kind of a big um, deal, Julie.
6: Does Congress, Congress does write the rules, Congress writes the laws, and we know that. Does Congress have the ability to override the Administrative Procedure Act, which is supposed to cover all federal agencies, and say it doesn't have to be followed
2: in this instance? One would think not. However... That is a matter for a judge to decide. You know, yeah. I mean, none of this is none of this is easy. I, you know, and that was not my area of practice. So. I
6: know it wasn't, and I was just kind of kidding you. I just let it
2: go. I know. I mean, it's just it's just kind of like, damn, you guys write the rules and then you just change the midstream or ignore them. Yeah. And, you know, I do think that there are some legal challenges. I do think that there are some um, intelligent people who are working on this, not me. Um, But, you know, I I do think that there are going to be some decent legal challenges. Um, I mean, because that's really the play at this point. There aren't that many plays. You know, one thing I would like to talk about um, is how this impacts consumers, um, which is, after all, who we represent. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and certainly as we watch businesses exiting this space um or kind of retooling we've seen a massive retooling towards like for example cbd i mean that's you know huge in our space but but as we see um people exit and um people caught up you know what is this going to mean for consumers
3: well, I maybe not a direct answer to that. And I, I think, you know, we had some talk pre-show about where consumers can go in order to continue getting product. Um, but, you know, one of the bills that I'll be talking about in, in the legislative rundown is in Tennessee, and we've seen this in other places. Uh, and it's this proposal to make a product registry. Uh, and this would be for um, uh, you know, basically any product that has received any kind of marketing authorization, provisional, or as a result of PMTA authorization, um, they would be on this list maintained by the state. And then these bills effectively make the states an enforcement arm of the FDA. Uh, and so this is and these are bills that are being promoted by RJ Reynolds, Altria. Um, I, I think Juul is also um, supporting these, essentially, all of the, the big money companies that feel confident their products are going to get through PMTA. Um, for them, you know, they will uh, present this to the public as, you know, this is, this is corporate stewardship. Um, they're defending their brands. They're defending the space uh, from, from bad actors. Um, you know, but the reality is that this is sort of, you know, FDA's regulatory uh, scheme is failing. It has failed. Uh, and, and now it's being, you know, pushed into the states so that, you know, the federal government is on the isn't on the hook for enforcing their bad regulations. Yeah,
5: this has been. Was um, just kind of playing the game, and I mean, I think that their shareholders would be pretty upset if they didn't fight something like that. So, right. from a business standpoint, it obviously makes tons of sense, even though we hate it.
2: But this has been in play for a few years now. I mean, this is nothing new. And this is something that Kasai identified very early on as a potential problem. And in fact, we were scolded by some industry players. And I'm not talking about the majors. I'm talking about definitely the minors. We were scolded because- we were scolded. We were, well, at least I was, because, you know, this was something that showed that they were responsible business people and, and all of this. And this is when people legitimate have legitimate thought, like I can get a PMTA. I can spend a lot of time and a lot of money and take it seriously. I'm not doing this on the back of a cocktail napkin. You know, I'm doing this very seriously and I have a good chance of getting a PMTA so, you know, they were in favor of some additional regulation, which they felt would, you know, promote responsib- the view that they're responsible players. Um, so, But we fought it since day one. Day one, we fought those because it's just a, a registry. And if you're not on the registry, they can go after you. FDA might move slowly. States can move faster.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as access to consumers, I think it's obviously we've FDA's enforcement has been lacking. They could step that up, but I mean, there's a good chance that you're going to see vape shops selling you know, illegal product for years. But at the same time, there's a lot of vape shops that will just go out of business because they don't like uncertainty. So when it's time to <clears throat> sign that next three-year lease, you know, sure. well, I don't know what's going to happen with synthetic. Maybe FDA is going to step up enforcement. I'm not going to take the chance. And that's kind of what we saw in 2016 too, where it was just people jumping out you know, on their own beforehand, as opposed to FDA really forcing anybody's hand.
2: Well, I also want to make the point that's just so painfully obvious to me, but I've heard a lot of people speculating about it. And the point is that as consumers, I don't have a problem buying something that is illegal. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there FDA isn't going to come in and bang down my door. I'm not going to prison. I'm not getting any fines. I'm not going to get any scare letters. Um, you know, so I'm going to continue to buy products from the the industry players who are willing to sell them in the shops and the online stores, and I'm going to do that up until the bitter end. So. Yeah.
6: And I think people need to understand that there's no enforcement against individuals buying or using yeah.
2: vapor products
6: or making. Yeah, it's only commercial businesses.
2: Right. So I should also mention that I have no problem making my own e liquids. So I, I do it too. Yeah.
6: I mean, the trick yeah. is now at this point it's kind of hard to get nicotine, and
4: that's true. Um,
6: folks, if you're interested in DIY, there are sources out there for this stuff. We're not going to name legitimate them. sources. What's that?
2: Legitimate. legitimate.
6: Well, they're legitimate for the moment. But <laughs> right. I'm saying there well, are, yeah. because of the shipping restrictions, it's not as easy to get just raw nicotine as it was. Um,
4: not there impossible. Are selling but... it,
6: there are people shipping it probably, possibly illegally. And um, if you Personally, go, looking, at, if the you go looking, if you do a little searching, you'll find it.
2: Right, and I'm curious,
3: and- is it is it easier to find a, a nicotine base than it is to find a views?
4: <laughs> no. That's a tough question. I mean, that is, I think,
5: is,
1: well, I think a good question.
5: Today, it's still easier to even buy just pre made uh, products than buy bulk nicotine, probably because you got places in Canada that are still shipping to the U.S. and they don't obviously you got places in in china and in europe that are shipping to the u.s no, so you've got, you've it's still, american
6: companies too
5: yeah and there's american companies doing it as well but a lot of the big you know ones are now you they, they're not shipping every state and they're using those those alternative the shipping,
6: shipping is companies. tricky
2: yeah. yeah yeah but jim's point is well made um if you have any interest and do it yourself now is the time and, you know, I, I think the message is that no matter what, I mean, even if it's getting a, a lousy tobacco flavored e-liquid that successfully somehow navigated the PMTA, you can still flavor it at home.
4: You know, yeah. That's, yeah.
2: that's pretty easy. You know, there are always going to be options for the people who are willing to look for them and maybe extend themselves a little bit. What I'm more concerned about are the the rank and file. They're not passionate vapors. They're just people who who smoke or used to smoke. they are looking to save a little bit of money, you know, maybe save their lives. Mm -hmm. And, but, but if it gets too weird, they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the majority
5: of vapors too. And if their vape shop closes down, they're not going to try to, you know, find, you know, not everyone, at least some might, but especially folks that maybe aren't internet savvy or something, they're not going to, go through all those hoops to try to get what they yeah, want. Yeah, 70 not going to trust it if they feel like <laughs> it's illegal. You know, they're, well, what if it's, what
2: they if there's fentanyl in you know, Vaping didn't really take off. In the very beginning, we were in a total gray area. We weren't legal, but we yeah. weren't illegal. So we were kind of legal, but there weren't shops. So you had to order online and or you know, people just didn't want to do it. You know, it was like, well, what if I don't like it? You know, I can't get my money back. You know, stuff like the hardware was coming. You'd order like five atomizers, and three would be dead on arrival. I mean, it was a, a really tough thing. And you had to be very dedicated to go through that. And it wasn't really until we started seeing reliable supply chains, you know, vape shops, that vaping really took off. That was the big push. And, you know, this concerns me.
5: Well, and, the, and it is unfortunate that, you know, these conventional vape shops are going to have a really hard time, you know, even now, but even now, even before this nicotine bill passed, but, you know, they are going to have a hard time competing with the smoke shops. The these, yeah. the disposable companies can change new names and, or, you know, have a new product out every couple of months and just keep cycling them through. And if one gets, uh, you know, grounded by the FDA, the next one will come out. But vape yep. shops aren't going to be that right. nimble. And once they
2: get a target they're, it's kind of hard for them to get, get away with well, it. Well, and plus they're worried about having stock that somebody comes in and sees us. Right. Yeah. You know, so it, it is going to be a scary time, but I do think that there are shops who can survive. Um, I firmly believe that I know that I know of a few shops now that specialize mostly in tobacco flavors. And, you know, we tend to think of tobacco as a monolithic flavor, just, there is one tobacco and the truth is there are lots of different tobacco flavors. Um, you know, some of them are actually quite light. Some of them taste like licking an ashtray, but you know, they, they some of them, they tried tobacco. to make
5: taste like tobacco. And but we also don't know that that's going to be a long-term solution either because some yeah. of those might, it doesn't mean all the tobacco flavors are going to get approved it, either.
2: It, it does yeah. not because some of them, even if they're sold as tobacco flavor, three they have fruits or desserts. The reason in. why it tastes so delicious is because it's got peach in it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, we're, we're in for a rough ride. Um, I think the, the ones who will definitely survive this are the majors, you know, no doubt about it. Um, you know, Altria, Reynolds. Jewel. Yeah. I mean, to me, just
5: the, the most compelling thing is going to be the, the legal stuff this year with the already, you know, the MDO stuff. And uh, if anybody does try anything I think know, broader like against this whole, I, I, I think maybe the better chances is, is the MDO route, like p- people are doing, but I'm not a lawyer, so I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I, but I tried I, to, I I'm probably support. the most uh, unsavvy when it comes to vaping for being, an advocate you know i i have always tried to keep it you remember julie drew was always like here take a mod i'm like i don't need a mod <laughs> you know it's, and and so i'm very i'm i'm very basic and i did stock up on nicotine just before the the post office thing but i'm i'm one of those people that i'm i'm you know my local vape shop we have one vape shop in our town we're an hour away from any other vape shops uh, they are carrying 100% synthetic nicotine since the the post office thing came through. I did try to get George to come on, and uh, I, he, he unfortunately wasn't able to, but um, I'm waiting to hear back from him on what they're planning on doing now that this is happening. Now, I know I've got about 30, 60 days. If I want, I can start looking online and see if somebody carries my liquid, and I can stock up as cheap as possible, you know, if I can, who places who are still shipping, which, even after you, you know, the post office thing happened, I'm still able to get stuff from online. So it didn't. It didn't end up being this complete thing. But a lot of it was because it was either a they were. Um, switched to synthetic and they took the position and you read it on their websites. They took the position, well, this is not a tobacco product, so it doesn't fall under Act. Act. Um, I thought, oh, well, that's an no, interesting. No, no, way no.
6: To the PACT Act <laughs> covers all vaping products. Right. right but there.
1: that's that I'm not saying that was right. I'm saying that seemed to be their position that it was okay for them to ship that. And they only, I, you know, they only wanted a $6 uh, fee for signing for adult signature, but I also know like my adult son lives up in Michigan and a lot of places One of my favorite liquids was getting still shipped up there because they did not have any kind of tax on vapor products yet. So some companies were still shipping to to states who didn't have a tax, which I thought was interesting um, or a ban on flavors. Um, So Michigan didn't have either. Mark actually can talk about that. He just. Hi, Mark. He just popped in. Um, But so so one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to get all this together was there's so many of us people like me we're like, where am I going to get liquid now? Is the world coming to an end? Am I just going to go back to smoking? Um, you know, I had my little rage after this all happened a couple of days ago on Twitter. And some people saw me have my little meltdown. I'm like, all right, I'm back. We're going to be okay now get to work, you know? And so I wanted to, to sort of talk about this as far as, as sources. And so now you guys have heard, there are some sources like you can get in DIY. I, I kind of prefer not to. I'd rather save that those two jugs of Nick that I have no idea what to do with, um, and 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 keep getting my liquids. And so there are there's forums that you can go on. Um, there's our groups. I just saw the other day that one of our uh, one of our members on Facebook, I think, or Twitter, had asked a question, and they're in New York. And I said, hey, go to our New York group and and post in there. But you're you know, and I'm sure people help you. And sure enough, within minutes, people are like. You know, I'll send you a message, whatever, we'll take care of you. There's people in our chat right now who are talking about, hey, I'll get you stuff if you need it. Um, so don't despair. There are going to be ways to still do this if you don't want to start DIYing. Uh, Julie made a good point. There's actually a lot of really good tobacco flavors, and I'm remiss. Yeah, I'd be remiss to say, well, you know, I just hate them or whatever. I I haven't, I haven't tried them. So maybe I need to start getting in there, but like my local vape shop doesn't carry any tobacco flavors that I know of. So they still have to get that too. So it's going to be a lot of juggling around and just like it was with the post office thing. But, you know, I really think that we can do it. And we're, we're, we're a community. And that's one thing that we have going for us is that we're a community. And there's always, if you go online, even just on Twitter or to one of our groups or to one of the online groups and you post in that you need help. I have seen Julie like at ECF over the years Somebody oh, yeah. would come on and be like, I need help with this. And there'd be people sending you stuff. They, Oh, you know, here, I broke my mom. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll send you one. You know? Awesome. I'll, some people I remember you driving mine.
2: 30 minutes to meet this woman whose last atomizer had died. And I drove yeah. three minutes to meet her. I mean, the community was much smaller. Um, back in those days, but there, there, there are options. Yeah. I think
5: it's good to have those backup plans, but I mean, also keep supporting the retailers you're already buying from. You have a local vape shop or whatever. And this doesn't mean you're going to see every shop close down in 90 days. You know, just again, we, we don't know what the FDA is going to do. Just looking at their patterns, their enforcement's usually lacking.
6: So also in addition to that, a lot of people are talking as though, synthetic nicotine is everything and it's there's lots of products that have received stays from court or from the fda itself on their mdos there are people who are suing that have um you know gotten injunctions and have products legally on there's lots of legal product on the market right now
3: i think that that was something that we included in the language in the in the engagement was You know, there's still something like 55,000 products out there that are currently legal to be marketed um, because they're waiting for a decision from FDA.
4: I also still want to point out that it is completely still legal for private citizens to ship up to 10 lightweight packages per month through USPS to other private citizens. So long as there is no commercial value, no exchange of money the community can still help other community members out through the US postal system legally so that is 10 lightweight shipments per yeah. month so remember that you guys that there if you have friends you know <clears throat> and i'm t- seeing in chat like don't come in chat on youtube and ask people where to get stuff don't do yeah. that you guys <laughs> don't this <do> is that. <laughs> not we, we're like, underground okay just highlight, okay? It. Just highlight okay. it for for
2: enforcement um, Right. right. Um,
4: so don't don't do that DM, talk to people DM privately um understand that even facebook groups are monitored by facebook for keywords Mm -hmm. so consider that but talk to people i mean if somebody were to come up to you and say how would you get xyz that's not available on the legal market right you're not going to post on the internet you're going to find a friend you trust and ask them this is the same protocol and we can still help each other without breaking the law i just wanted to remind everyone of that right yeah well, and it's I'm kind gonna of liberties,
5: right? Like it's it's that's, that's always how these are. Right. Like it's the smokers that get screwed in this. Like we'll yeah. all be fine, most likely, but it's the it's the smokers.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to read that for our listeners later on. It says it's. Uh, he said it's easy for vapors to help other vapors, but this is screwing the smokers who might one day decide to stop killing themselves. And 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 that is true. But one of the points I did want to make is that the the likes that a lot of them will start with that are tobacco or menthol flavored are still going to be readily available for yeah. most of them in the gas station. I mean, these, a lot of these laws are, which is good and thank God. And then, and that, and that's one of the things, Julie, years ago, when we first started with Kasai and we started building Kasai, it was sort of a fake it, tell you, make it sort of thing. And it was get enough people to start vaping. That vaping is just so known. So, un, you know, there's so <clears throat> many people vaping that, that it's it's just it's never gonna go away, and 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 the fact that I mean, could you imagine back then, Julie? Yeah. Just you walk into any gas station, and there's like four or five different kinds of cigalikes in there, and that 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 was never you never would have seen that. <laughs>
2: I remember talking to somebody with a tobacco company who said, "We will never do that." This. this. <laughs> Never. And um, I think they probably had it in the pipelines. You know, they're they're always Mm. trying different things. But I I think Kristen's point is well made. There are a lot of people who, you know, just don't want to fuss with too much. They'll be happy with the um, cigalikes and disposable to get. And yeah. in the convenience stores, it's a shame, though, because there's going to be a significant portion of that population that, like me, would not have been satisfied with that,
4: who yeah. really,
2: in order to fully quit, needed something more. Right. Um, and we're going to lose them. You know, maybe we'll but go you know, back to like days, having like little vape meets. Like, I, I'm not talking about like the big vape events. I'm talking like in St. Louis, we used to have a monthly meeting mm-hmm. and we'd meet at a bar And we'd swap liquids, and somebody would bring a friend who smoked, and boy, we'd just stock them up, and, and, you know, it was very grassroots AF.
1: Yeah, we might get back to I I was just thinking that we might have to get back to that. In those early days, you were constantly an ambassador, you're out at a bar or something, and people are like, what is that? What do you have in your hand? You know, and back then it was just a little 510 and then had a little blue light on the end of it. And, you know, in the early days, and and we're going to have to get back for for people who smoke, we're going to have to get back to being ambassadors again, make sure they don't get lost in the shuffle if they do need help and and they may do like I did in the early days when I you know, back in two thousand and nine when I bought that what was it called VIP, something or other, if it, it it looked like a cigarette. it had the white battery with the tan oh, yeah. tip mm-hmm. and the red LED. You know, I tried it. it It wasn't quite doing it for me. and I went online and started googling. And so you know, more of those people will start showing up. And, you know, maybe Kasai will be able to help with some of that as far as getting things on our website, not not for resources, but just saying, you know, there are other options and having our groups and, and things like that, that if we can get those folks, maybe we won't lose as many as we have to you know, in spite of everything that the FDA is doing <laughs> to make sure that that
6: happens. the people that we're going to lose. It's the people who aren't going to start vaping. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, that's, so, that's what I meant. They, like, they, they would buy the thing in the gas station, like a, wow, a person who smokes would buy the thing good. in the gas station. And then they go, well, that, you know, this isn't quite doing it for me. What do I do now? And then they go back yeah. to smoking or can we maybe help them make that transition?
5: It is good too, that there's like vape, FAPE is still thriving in some countries and the numbers yeah. in those countries are going up and up and up. So, you know, when let's, let's say you have that going on for years and years and years, people that smoke in this country are going to get wind of that and,
2: uh, and get exposed to it from that. Plus the YouTube well. videos. I mean, when Which I first guys, started this, there were like no YouTube videos. There was Leaford. As soon as Leiford. the
6: FDA authorizes some products, some serious products. By which I mean like the Jewel, the views, the views alto. That stuff is going to be advertised like crazy. Yeah. Those companies are going to make, a, they're going to put money into advertising. Once Aren't they're they going to ban
1: all the advertising like they did with cigarettes, though? You don't think that'll happen?
6: They've never banned any advertising on cigarettes. The cigarettes. Well, you know what I they mean. Need not to advertise. On some outlets.
1: But For they're already advertising like crazy.
6: They're not advertising like crazy. <laughs> once once have an authorization, enough. they'll really put money into it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Nobody's going to not know about vaping. No, it, it's not. We're not going it's back just, to 2009.
2: No, right. we're not. And I, I just keep hoping that um, if if all we're left with, in the easily accessible market are, you know, these kind of products. My my hope is that the FDA does the process doesn't completely stifle innovation because I'd like to see those products improve because they still suck. Just just putting that out. I'm, I'm
6: more worried about the Chinese process stifling innovation. <laughs> well they're they're apparently uh Vape products sold in China are only going to be tobacco flavorized. Yeah, the they tobacco. just ban flavor. Yeah.
5: You know what? They weren't really using the more advanced refillable stuff much anyway. I mean, it was it was relax, no. which was the one you know number one brand there. No. And so, I mean, I I don't I think the the Chinese are going to continue making stuff for other markets, but well,
6: that's that's the hope. But right now, nobody's a hundred percent sure that they're not going to enforce their domestic rules on products
2: yeah.
6: aimed outside of the country. So, And
2: China is one government I wouldn't want to Well,
6: they'd with. still be able to
5: make like refillable gear, but yeah, they wouldn't like something like a disposable, you know, they wouldn't Pre-filled. be able to fill them with
2: yeah. Yeah, flavored product in, in China, I suppose. And and Damien, is, Damien had made the point that the, one of the problems with being an ambassador right now is all the misinformation out there. And I would totally agree with that, but you know, I personally have found that it's really helpful when I say, oh, yeah, I, you know, when they say, oh, that stuff will kill you. I would say, you know, if you had asked me X number of years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's really bad. But, you know, here's what I've learned over the years. And, you know, you got to try I mean, you got to try, but it's really hard when somebody's smoking a cigarette, looking at you saying, yeah, that shit's going to kill you. Well,
1: and since the pandemic, people are trusting the FDA and CDC less and less. You can say, well, you know who says that? (laughs) It's the FDA and CDC. How much do you trust them?
6: (laughs) Julie, that's a sales technique, you know? Yeah. That's the feel, felt, found technique. I used to feel the same way. Yeah, but
2: it works. (laughs) But, yes. Well, what happens is when you argue with people and you just say you're an idiot. Oh, that's wrong. Matter. What happens? No. They just completely shut down. But if no. you show that you're hearing what they're saying, you're listening and actually no. agreeing with them on some level, then they don't completely shut down. And maybe a tiny bit gets in there.
4: Uh, my number one advice for debating with people online, because if anyone follows me on Twitter, you'll okay, we'll see. Well, I do it online. I do it on Twitter. Um, find something that you can agree upon. It disarms people who think that you're just going to like, you know, teeth out uh, balls to the wall fight when you say, you know what, I do agree with you on that. But there is something like find things to agree on or find a way to compliment them in the middle of the argument and it will throw them for a loop and you will have an easier you may not, you know, convince them of everything, but you will have a more civil discourse. I can say this.
1: So Ian Thomas asks, do you think FDA are going to drag their heels for as long as possible to avoid giving any decent product and by association, all nicotine vaping
2: positive PR?
4: That's that's, that's a good question. It is a good question.
2: Let me pull out my crystal ball. <laughs> well, well, I, I think, think that's, that's, that's
3: probably it. one reason why the Juul application is not
4: yep.
6: gone yeah, all the way I, through. I think part of that is also that they are in the process of finding a fda commissioner and now they're in the process of finding a Center ctp for products director i think that once those two people get in their jobs and talk to each other then you'll start seeing some stuff get authorized but i you know who knows for sure you might they you might be right that they'll drag their heels forever
3: you know, you'd think with the well-oiled bureaucracy that is FDA, oh, CDC, and so on, that it would just—the institutional knowledge would just carry over, you know, automatically, you know, and it doesn't matter who's in charge. It the just place
6: runs like a Swiss watch,
2: you know, right? <laughs> what we're also going to see, though, is you know, decisions coming out of the FDA that are going to be colored by the um, political beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> True. Just, I, I'm just gonna say it. I, I think that a lot of the the impetus to, you know, really get down and and enforce is going to come down to the leadership in the FDA. And I think there's going to be more appetite for enforcing as time goes on. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be less appetite for approving anything. And I do think that they might drag their. He- I don't think they're going to drag their heels too much longer on some of the. Um, the larger player stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think we're going to, the first e-liquid that gets approved is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And I think that as soon as they do that, if they do that, there's going to be a hue and cry from the campaign for tobacco free kids and the untruthful initiative. Um, I think it's just going to be, and I don't think anybody wants that fight. So yeah, I think they're going to drag their heels on the open system market. That's my crystal ball.
5: Well, if it's, I don't, if it's tobacco, I mean, they're probably going to approve a tobacco flavor if anything, if they do approve mm-hmm. open system stuff.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it, there might be of pushback on that, but who knows. Yeah. My, my beloved grape crush is gone. Mm-hmm.
1: If well, they, they push approve back on the open views, open, which is just tobacco and menthol, they push back on that. Oh, how can they? How can yeah. they do that? It's like, if
5: it's like they, they approve open real. system e-liquid, that's when we'll all of a sudden see a bunch of kids getting poisoned from drinking nicotine Ugh. again. Yeah, you
2: Ooh. know that,
5: that'll be like the new news stories that'll start popping up before or right after. So
2: I want to ask Jim one real quick question, then I've got to go because I'm watching Batman tonight. Oh, love Batman. Yeah. I got to go pick up my dogs. Um, But Jim, I've been seeing some posts out there with people saying, oh, businesses are saying that they're going to advertise their e-liquids as not being used for electronic cigarettes, but instead to make tinctures and oral stuff and pack, you know, not for vaping. That's not going to fly.
6: Well, that doesn't matter because the FDA regulates any product with nicotine except for medical
2: products. And they so, actually do regulate the medical, medical stuff. Products.
4: Well, I do that. The of CTP doesn't. Yeah. Right.
6: Any, so, any, right. Any consumer product, any over-the-counter product. It's
2: not just for vaping. It's the question of the nicotine.
6: That's right. They also regulate nicotine pouches, lozenges, yeah, um, toothpicks, any... So the fact products, that you
2: put it in your mouth is not going to fly. Just unless it's I, a medical
6: product. Unless, unless it's, it's a, a
2: medical product, but then you have to have yeah. medical approval.
3: I mean, even know. the, like, there were, I, I've, I've never used or seen these products, but there were, like, hand gels, you know, the yeah. transdermal. Listen, uh, I the nicotine, of, of nicotine water. Nicotine, so, like, anything, like, oh, even yeah, if you're just wearing a nicotine salve or something like that, it's still nicotine. It's still-
2: Nicotine water tastes really bad, just- in yeah, was, that
4: or sounds bad.
5: It. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good so time. You,
2: so you so can't, can't just
4: call your e-liquid
5: a nicotine <laughs> lubricant anymore either. But know, without
4: nicotine, you could be selling color. aromatherapy, guys. I mean, yeah. if there's no you, aromatherapy businesses could be huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't yeah. have nicotine in them, but.
6: So I think that the people, the reason people are interested in that idea, Julie, is that they think they could use the u.s mail to ship the stuff if it's mm-hmm. not intended for vaporization oh uh, yeah huh? i don't think that that'll fly if they try if they get caught
1: yeah i think a lot yeah. of companies don't care if they get caught you know and good on them you know no, i mean, the first time the,
2: the has, FDA comes after you they send you a, nasty a letter yeah. yeah and we're
1: not encouraging companies to do this no. but i'm just saying as a as a consumer. Go out and look for this stuff. It's, you know, this is still everything. there. It's not going to disappear tomorrow. And and there's going to be companies out there that, you know, but be careful. You know, I would suggest using some kind of third party processing if you can, because, you know, there's going to be some shady people taking advantage of desperate vapors. So be careful on where, who you're giving your money to. But again, there's, we're going to ha- you, you have the CASA groups that you can join. We have a state group. <clears throat> you have, you know, the e cigarette forum. You've got places you can ask people. F- you know who did you go to? You know, and, and do it in private. Again, um, there's nothing illegal for you to do this. You just don't want to out the people, the 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 companies who are still trying to help people quit smoking. You know, and and, and look around. Don't give up and think that you're just not going to get it. There there are ways to do it. And and and, and like I said, this is, this community really wants really wants to help. So oh, Julie just like.
5: I got to yeah, jump Julie, out. Julie today. had a hard stop. At yeah. I know she didn't details.
1: say goodbye, though. She could have said goodbye.
5: <laughs> said, I got to oh, jump goodbye. out, too. Thanks for having me.
6: Thank
1: everyone. you so Thanks, much, man. Yeah. And thank Just you, Matt Julie. I'm sorry that uh, she's got to go see Batman. The
6: Batman. The Batman. The Batman. So, again, Batman. let's let's remind everybody that this is, uh, all it does is give the FDA authorization or authority over synthetic nicotine. All the legal products that are on the market now Tens of thousands of them are still there. There's no there's right. no reason to freak out. Kristen, you're freaking out. <laughs>
1: freak out! I know I can well, do it, but I'm I, watching I, people online freak out. I am the member coordinator. I'm the one watching all yeah, the social why media. Why are they
6: freaking so out? are still. I wanted to calm them out. down
1: and have them not freak out. And you know, you guys helped me too because you made me think of things because I'm trying to think of what can I tell these people. So
6: i the people who ought to be freaking things. out are people who, who are, you know, e-liquid companies that have like converted their whole product line over to some yeah. they they should be freaking out. But what they're doing is like looking for ways to fight back. So I mean they might be freaking out, but we've had a lot of apocalypses through the years in vaping.
1: A lot of people don't know that though. Some people have just gotten on board in the last year or two. So we're here to tell worry. you the good vaping point.
4: has been over several times (laughs) in the course of the last what 15 20 years
3: but again i mean you know i i don't want to fuel panic here and and it's never really been part of our you know mission to you know get people all worked up and you know we are certainly not we have been actually criticized for not using events like this to fundraise um which we just don't do um but you know, it, the reality of the situation is that there are vape shops closing. Vape shops have been, have been closing for six years now uh, and people are losing access. Um, and and I, I know we know the consequences of regulation like this. First of all, you know, this is part and parcel with the campaign against nicotine, period. This is this is part of this expanded drug war. And, you know, the unfortunate reality here is that people who did lose access to a vape shop, they don't want to buy the gas station vapes. Uh, they are going to be buying products on an underground market as we have just described exposing people to all kinds of fraud unsafe products uh, and there are no legal recourses you know you're you you become that person where now you're in a position to drop the dime on somebody who might be armed you know they're not they're not in this they're not, they're not necessarily in the business to make sure that you're living healthy uh, they're they're in this to make money and so Certainly there are plenty of people out there who will continue doing their business because this is arguably an act of self-defense to continue selling these products, even though they may be illegal. Um, but it's just, you know, I think for some people out there, it is getting shady and I think their, their, their sense of panic is legitimate, um, but I, I, you know, I hope, I hope as, you know, Jim, as you said, and as we have noted, the thousands of products that are still out there um, I hope that will be enough to carry some people through. Um, I, I hope that when, when tobacco companies get their PMTAs, that they do promote this stuff aggressively, not just in TV, radio and print, but on the power wall at the convenience store. Um, I've already seen, you know, Zinn is a good example. Uh, I was at the Snooze Con where they unveiled their, their, their new marketing, uh, which is a bright white kind of dispenser that is, your eye goes right to it on that wall with all the packs of cigarettes. I would expect, I, I hope to see um, similar marketing for, for other smoke-free products like vaping. Um, and, you know, it, it yeah, as we've all noted, like how many times have they tried to kill this? And, you know, we know we are all on the right side of history here. And the really crappy thing about that means you just get beat up a lot but eventually, you know, hopefully we live to see this, the, the movement here triumph. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, you know, I don't want to encourage people to put themselves in unnecessary danger to buy right. these products. Um, but that's the reality. That's the world that our government has created. Um, and it's 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 unfortunate. It's disgusting. Unfortunate doesn't quite cover it. It's it's disgusting.
1: And we have a lot of people on the board and stuff and in our groups who have a lot of connections. We've got a vape shop owner or two in our, our chat right now. You know, if you want to message me, I will, if you need help, I will try to connect you with whoever. And, and even if I have to ask one of the, my, you know, one of the board directors, you know, we're here for you. We will help you as much as we can as consumers, because that's what we're here for. We're, we're consumer so advocates, we want to a, advocate
6: for advocate for you. Sorry, I didn't mean to downplay anybody's legitimate concerns about what's happening. It, it, you do have a legitimate concern. I'm just saying people who are committed vapors who've been at this for a while are not likely to go back to smoking. There are options, even if they're not the best options. Right. So, Please look for the options.
3: Yeah, also also consistent with a lot of things that we've said in the past is is please don't go back to smoking. There are plenty of plenty of options out there. You can find them on our website as well. um, and things that you will be able to and it's not just vaping, but things that you will be able to find in the convenience store.
0: That's actually something I was gonna highlight, Alex, is you know, if if you are somebody who finds yourself in a predicament where you you can't get any product whatsoever, you, you don't have access, you know, even to I don't know views or something whatever, uh, which is highly unlikely. But there are other products. There's other smoke-free product products out there uh, that are very good. Um, yeah. That may be something to consider if you've never given uh, snooze a try. Now may be an yeah. opportune moment to give snooze a try. Or so there, you know, there are there are other there are other or uh, nicotine pouches, smoke-free or products out there. But, you don't want tobacco.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And who knows? You may find that you enjoy it more. You never let's, know.
6: Let's hope that we all live to see. At least I hope I live to see it—the day that Raja Krishnamurthy is supporting the pro-vaping bill. <laughs> I can't
2: right?
3: That will ever happen. Sean the man Ar- still supports the drug war. I—I I don't know. Yeah. That,
6: uh- well, I mean, you've got people like Durbin supporting uh, marijuana legalization. <laughs> hey, yeah, Durbin in the '90s was not supporting marijuana legalization.
1: I just want to answer Sean. He said, please post this webinar as a replay to share. Um, yeah, it, we, it's, it's saved on our Facebook page and it's also saved on our YouTube channel under live shows. So it's always all of our old shows are available there still.
3: So um, are we sort of coming to the end here? Are there any I kind of finer so- points that we didn't address?
1: I don't think so. I mean, if you guys have any questions, and again, I am the member coordinator for CASA. If you have any questions, if you need any help, if you want me to ask somebody else about something, we have a lot of resources. Danielle's put together this fantastic website, Uh, Jim and Logan and Alex and Julie and just Matt. I mean, there's just, just huge brain source here. So that's what we're here for. We're here to, to advocate for you guys. So, and we need you too, so make sure that you're joining and and you're part of our groups and and uh Logan will give the spiel later.
6: <laughs> I, I've got one more suggestion. Anybody who's watching this is probably already a CASA member, so I'm not gonna say, you know, join well, CASA, we
1: always I'll say it anyhow. Donate to <laughs> CASA. That's my gonna, line.
6: I'm not gonna beg for money in this crucial and dangerous moment, but uh if you're go if you're shopping at vape shops. Would you talk to your vape shop owner and um, ask what they're doing? True. Or smoke shops. Smoke shop owners. Or smoke smoke shops. Ask ask what they're doing. Ask if maybe they could suggest that, you know, stick something up on their counter about Kassah or if they're uh, a, a dedicated vaping business, they should probably join a, you know, trade group. And there are some good ones. Mark, said,
1: Mark says he just sent us two new members half an hour ago, which is why i was late today. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> I'd love uh, to talk to Mark about what he's planning on doing with all this. That's, I kind of wanted to have a vape shop owner on this uh, today, but we just couldn't get someone together. So We're too busy same,
6: working. We see the same lives. names uh, over and over in the in the um, vaping industry, <clears throat> defending vaping and you know lobbying and. Going to Washington and stuff, and there are still a lot of vaping businesses that don't support those efforts. So if you're if you're buying e-liquid from a company that's not an AVM member, they should probably join.
1: Yeah. Don't feel
6: bad about telling them that because that's it's these companies sticking together and put pooling their resources that are going to are going to help get better laws.
0: Agreed. Agreed. There's strength in numbers for sure. Well,
3: yeah,
1: that's a consumer advocate thing that you guys can do is to get the word out and insist that where you get your supplies from, that you get it from somebody who's supporting advocacy. And why, how hard is it to put up one of our flyers on their wall? I mean, I was fortunate
0: (laughs) enough to to learn about Casa through my local vape shop, which unfortunately recently, um, did finally close their doors, but, um. Yeah, I mean there was I, I I don't recall any like actual print up anywhere about CASA, uh, but I was definitely told like hey, you should you should go check out kasah.org. Daniel, do we I have any I'm a member.
1: Daniel, do we have any of those flyers that we used to have up that had the CASA information that the, the shops could put up? Do we still have those downloads on the website? We do. We have
4: a under the resources section there is a printables area. Um I've got Posters for you to take to rallies if you wanted. I have trifold brochures. I've got a one-page flyer that you can print out that has, you know, frequently asked questions uh, and Kassaw's website. There are definitely, you know, things that you can can print out and display at the shop for sure. If you want something very specific, listen, reach out and I can probably whip something up for you. But I did create, you know, those graphics uh, for people to be able to use, especially that one sheet, which is pretty cheap to print out.
1: And honestly, I'm guilty. I need to, cause I need to print one out and take it up to my local babe shop because although he's done advocacy, we've been in at hearings together. So I know he supports advocacy. He doesn't have a flyer saying, because at the shop. So I'm going to have to ask him if I can put one of those up. And Just be walk ready. in
0: and nonchalantly tape it to the yeah, wall. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: something yeah. you can do as a consumer. Bring a flyer in and say, hey, can you put this up? This is, this is fighting for your business and for me to be able to keep buying your products, you yeah. know,
0: so. Excellent point.
4: Yeah, or if somebody wanted to put a tip jar out for us, that would Ooh, be, that would be great. <laughs> amazing, you guys. Does cost money to run this organization. We're not trying to, you know, we we don't hit you over the head with fundraising, mm-hmm. but we do have to do it sometimes, unfortunately.
6: If you do a tip jar in southeastern Michigan, I'll be glad to stop by and pick it up.
4: There we go. Perfect. You don't even have to, you know, do anything crazy. Yeah, and don't also, forget
1: the t-shirts. <laughs>
4: exactly, you guys. I have painstakingly spent time to create some trendy fabulous t-shirt designs for you uh they're in our shop you can get an awesome shirt you're a walking billboard for tobacco harm reduction advocacy i've seen it inspire conversations right one of my favorite things to do is wear a casaw t-shirt and then go stand in the smoking section and vape and have people come up to me you guys it's amazing so many great conversations look at all the different you can have these in t-shirts tank tops hoodies sweatshirts um you know little vape bags that you can store your stuff in all kinds of different stuff and we get a few bucks whenever you buy something you get something we get something it's a win-win please don't forget about the shop Skip, skips bringing up the you battery in, you just need to be in
0: sales alex. <laughs> like Across the board.
4: been there done that i like advocacy better yeah
1: <laughs> alex skips talking about the the battery cases
3: oh yeah <laughs> Wasn't
4: yeah, I, that, still like, got, a bait I
1: have thousands. have thousands of thousands. battery cases. If you want them,
4: contact Alex.
1: Yes, if you need some some cases, for sure. All right. So hey, um, Jim, Danielle, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate this is last minute. I just started badgering these guys. Uh, was it last night? Yeah, late last night, and said, "Can you guys come on, please?" Um, and they came through. And thank you so much for doing that. And it, it's just been very informative. And yes, Jim, I'm calmed down, (laughs) budging. I'll get off your lawn now, Jim.
6: (laughs) Enjoy the nicotine. (laughs) So So, um, yeah,
1: thank you. So if you guys want to, if you guys want to hang out, you can hang out with us while Alex does his uh, thing. Otherwise, you're welcome to uh, say goodbye and um, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. All righty. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
3: So All right. um, with that, should we, we do the thing that we do?
0: Do you want me to do the thing that we do? To do, that the we do? Thing. Okay, I'll do the thing that we do. Are you ready? Do that. Do that Let's do it. All okay, right, Alex.
1: I just realized I didn't have the ticker on this whole show. I've just been so engrossed in everything we've been talking about. So. That's
0: okay. No ticker. <laughs> well, we have a ticker now. We, we got have the ticker now. I put it up. I put the ticker. All right, up. Alex, what do you have for us this week as far as ominous legislation is concerned?
3: Yeah. So for those who stuck around, uh, we're going coast to almost coast here. Um, and we'll start in Connecticut where I we don't have the campaign up for this just yet. Um, but uh, Connecticut is looking at a flavor ban uh, again. Um, and I, of course, closed my uh, notes on this. Um, I believe it is Senate Bill 367, and there is a hearing, yes, Uh, Connecticut, here we go, come on, let me get the notes open here, Uh, Senate Bill 367, um, there is a public hearing in the Joint Committee on Public Health on Monday, March 14th at 9 a.m., word on the ground in connecticut is uh you know the chair of this committee is the bill sponsor so there's a really high likelihood that this is going to pass this committee it's not the end of the process but um you know the advice to us was sort of keep keep our powder dry and we can engage our consumer membership in Connecticut when uh, this starts to move. Uh, I will be submitting testimony against this bill. Several others are submitting testimony. Uh, We will put up something on our website probably tomorrow morning. So if you are in Connecticut, there will be an easy way for you to contact uh, committee members and and share your opposition. But uh, we're not going full court press on this just yet uh, because it is it's it's pretty much a a certainty that uh, this is going to get through this committee. Um, So, again, uh, SB 367 in Connecticut public hearing on Monday. So there's Monday. On Tuesday, we're going to go to Tennessee, which we haven't spent a whole lot of time in um over the years because the tennessee associations have been very well organized uh, and managed to keep a lot of this stuff from getting to uh, a point where where it's in you know uh likely to pass but um this is kind of the new thing that we're seeing around the country we noted this earlier um what these what this is is a product registry uh it would require anybody selling Or I'm sorry, any of the manufacturers or anybody uh, who is selling their product in in the state to uh, be registered with the state. And in order to be included in this registry, uh, your product has to have gone through PMTA or received some sort of marketing authorization from FDA. Um, This is a little extra confusing. Um, Tennessee is not an open book when it comes to seeing how the bills are progressing, what changes are being made when those changes are being made. And so if you go to look up these bill numbers, you're going to find bills that have one of these has nothing to do with vaping. It's about funding state parks, but the word from the lobbyist on the ground in Tennessee, not we don't have a lobbyist uh, is that these bills are being amended to include language from other legislation Uh, and, and, this language is of course the product registry, or as we call around the water cooler here at CASA, uh, which we don't have a water cooler, but if we did uh, around it, we would say these are the PMTA narc list bills. Uh, and essentially what they do is they put the burden of enforcing uh, federal regulations onto the state and uh, people who pay taxes in that state, of course, are gonna be paying for that. Um, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, the the real kind of macro critique of this legislation is, of course, that the FDA regulation is a failure and states shouldn't be lining up to support bad policy at the federal level. Um, And so we're asking people to call and send messages. Uh, If if all you can do very quickly is send an email, we have that set up. It's going to the committees, it's going to committee staff. Uh, But of course, if you want the extra credit, Here's a big phone list of all the committee members and you can just take some time and go down that list and make phone calls and urge them to oppose these bills. Uh, even included some convenient talking points for you here. Be sure to check out all of these resources so that your messages can be, uh, comprehensive and as compelling as possible. Um, again, this is, this is Tennessee. Now, and as I said, <clears throat> Uh, the bill numbers for this, I, I, I did some digging around. So the language that we're opposed to here is in uh, House Bill 2705 and Senate Bill 2219. Uh, if you're a little bit dyslexic when it comes to numbers and stuff like me, then it's going to get super confusing because the bills that we're going to see all this language moved into are SB 2143 and HB 2119, which, by the way, is our the numbers on our P.O. box here in Plattsburgh. Um so I know I've thrown out a whole lot of confusing information to people there. Uh, but it's easy and un- easier, a little bit more understandable on the call to action. So if you're in Tennessee, definitely take a look at this. If you have friends in Tennessee, share this widely and get everybody engaged. Um, this is not going to be the end of this. This is a trend going across the country. As I mentioned, the tobacco companies, Juul, uh, anybody, really, well, not anybody, but the big players that have gotten through PMTA or on, on the verge of getting through PMTA are generally supportive of this, Um, but certainly other people in the industry are not because they believe that people should have the freedom to choose safer products. Um, And so, yeah, that's that. So this is coming up on Tuesday, February, I'm sorry, March 15th. Uh, One of the meetings is at noon, the other meeting is at 2 p.m. uh, And phone calls are definitely gonna be the most helpful thing here. Uh, If you want a little bit of background, a more uh, detailed version of what I just said, we also have the why is CASA opposed to the state product registry for safer nicotine products. Um, hopefully all of that uh, goes to contributing to making your messages compelling. Um, and as we said, always you know, be nice and polite, that tends to win more friends uh, than you know. Um, so we got Connecticut, Tennessee. And the last one is really just a reminder because we're, we're coming up on the hearing Colorado Um, This is HB 1064, uh, and the meeting, the uh, public health, I'm sorry, the public hearing for this is on Wednesday at 1.30 p.m., um, and several people uh, that we know and love have signed up to testify uh, against this if you are in Colorado Please make sure to send in your messages, make your phone calls, and do note um, that this is being held in the old state library, which is room 271. This is a larger venue, um, so expect a lot of people to show up. Expect a lot of testimony. If you really do want to speak, prepare for a very, very short testimony. Um, And I think with that, we're done with the legislative rundown.
1: Wow, that was quick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm muted. There we go. Sorry. Just over. We here do have that
1: Washington that. thing coming up in May. I think it is just to keep people that keep, if you're in Washington State, keep keep that on your radar. But they're going to have that vote for the statewide. So you statewide
3: was, elections in May in Washington.
1: Yeah, I think it was May. I forget which date it was, but um, I think I, I think I messaged you in Skype on that one. But well, well, we'll we're definitely keeping an eye, eye on it. You guys don't uh, freak out in Washington, but there's only yeah. so much we can do at this point when it goes to voters.
3: Yeah, when it comes to ballot initiatives, there's not much that we're able to get involved in. Usually, fighting a ballot initiative costs upwards of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's not something that we have the resource for. So again, we'll be leaning heavily on people in that state to you know, sort of through word of mouth, um, you know, try to convince your friends and neighbors why, you know, I think it is, is it a flavor ban in Washington State? Yeah, Yeah, why that's a bad idea. Um, But uh, yeah, so that will, and of course, you know, come April, we'll probably be touching back on that again.
1: I I only bring it up because they just had an article on it again lately, and some people might have seen it. So I just wanted to let you guys know, we are still watching it. (laughs) Cool. All
0: right. And that's that. That's that. All right. So, uh, else? yeah, great discussion today. I actually, I not only did I really just enjoy everybody's, you know, um, the entire discussion today, it was kind of nice because I got to sit back a lot. <laughs> I let Jim and Danielle and Julie and, and Kristen and Matt just kind of.
1: Oh, we got one. Hold on. One more thing. What about the Iowa wholesale vape tax, Alex?
3: Iowa. Let's go. Um, yeah, I've, I've been, this has uh, been a lot of, uh, what's on fire this morning.
1: That just, yeah. That just, yeah, I, I know that's on our radar. Cause I remember seeing all the.
3: Yeah, I believe we do have a call to action for this. Um, sorry, I'm trying to fill the dead air here.
0: <laughs> do you want me to start singing?
3: <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> so, uh as far as I I have not updated this yet. I'll have to dig into it. Um we do have an engagement up for this. Let me get it back up on the screen here. <clears throat> if you are in Iowa, uh there is a bill that would impose a 22% wholesale tax on vapor products. That's uh HF2523. Um the last time I looked at this, I, so it's it's been a little over a week now, um, and I, I don't have uh, any update as far as whether or not this is going to a committee. I mean, I'm in contact with people in Iowa, um, and I may have missed something, but um, let's uh, let's double check here. So I'm not going to share I my screen. I don't think I've
1: with seen with anything you. else come up. besides. Yeah, I'm always afraid that I, I
3: miss something like this um
1: remember guys grassroots grassroots af and this is another good reason why we love having you guys in our state facebook groups because you can help us keep on top of these things and and keep them fresh because sometimes they come so (laughs) fast that alex has just enough time to get the calls to action out and then if something moves on it to go back and update it again sometimes can be it's it's a lot for him to juggle so Having you guys in those groups and just kind of giving us a little nudge, I love our mods because our moderators for our groups because they do that to us all the time. And I'll send it off to Alex. So, yeah, yeah it's great if you guys are involved in our Facebook groups. That's so, a good
0: reminder that you know, CASA is not just Alex watching fifty states and thirty thousand municipalities, and it's not just the board. It's CASA is all of us. CASA is every member in every state group that's looking out for each other. CASA is is us. So. Absolutely.
1: Yep. You guys are CASA. If you're members, it's, it's all of us together. That's what makes up CASA. We're just kind so, of here to try to coordinate things.
3: So to answer the question, um, this bill is still showing as introduced. Uh, it's introduced and referred to a committee, uh, but as far as I can tell, just looking at our tracking, uh, nothing has been scheduled as of yet. Um, but I am in contact with folks in Iowa, or I'm sorry, yeah, Iowa. Uh, so, uh, if, if something does happen, I, I expect to get a note from them and, and we'll, we'll, we'll up the, uh, the threat level here. Uh, but in the meantime, if you are in Iowa, take advantage of our engagement. It's a quick and easy way to get in touch with the lawmakers and express your opposition.
1: Now, I see Danielle's still in the, in the chat. So, uh, I'm just going to put this up here so she can see that Mark was saying something. And then, uh, I am going to do... Also, she said, we're only as strong as our membership, guys, which is something we keep saying over and over again. You know, you you guys getting involved is what makes us stronger and stronger. And that's why we need more and more people, too. So, oh, and Skip says she is shocked that she gets to tell Alex for another week that there's no state-level news in Minnesota yet, but they're expecting action on a flavor ban, but all quiet so far.
3: Shocked and relieved. (laughs)
1: Shocked and relieved, yeah, right? and thank god nothing's happened in wisconsin but wisconsin did the same thing when we're talking about sneaking stuff into budgets that wisconsin tried to do the same thing with a um with a tax i think i forget what it was 78 percent or something like that they did the same thing they stuck it snuck it into the state budget and we had to go all over the state following them around telling them don't 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 no no (laughs) so yeah it's it's funny how they do that that's not funny funny just ironically funny I don't know
3: <laughs> well on that note are we uh I think we should probably uh shut this thing down for the weekend I yeah think so. nobody um, else
1: has any other comments and I think it's time to say goodbye and Logan can do a spiel but thank oh, you guys everybody time? for coming I hope people feel a little bit better about everything after this and you know that we are here for you we're not going anywhere we've been fighting that's one of the reasons why i wanted julie on here because we we've julie and i have been doing this since 2000 late 2009 early 2010 and we're, we're just going to keep keep on keeping on you know have your little ah, and then okay move on <laughs> let's do it and that's what i did yesterday everybody Twitter. do just me. that yeah <laughs> So I hope Absolutely. you guys yeah I hope you guys are feeling better and, and a little bit I know it, it's a scary time it's still going to be a lot of work it's still going to be painful it's kind of like the gas price thing for Ukraine you know we're going to have to suffer for a while with this vape thing but if we stick together if we work together if we communicate we can get through this we can keep helping people transition off of cigarettes we can still keep getting our supplies and and that's what we're here for you um and we're all like Daniel said we are all casa we're all together in this and um I hope you feel a little bit better about everything after after all these great people came on the show for, and joined us today so sorry that was my spiel I wanted to get that one up Logan you're on
0: <laughs> I don't know if my spiel is gonna you know back up <laughs> again. That that that. Really okay. <laughs> but yes thank you everybody uh who tuned in today thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us while we uh we hashed all of this out um you know, there was, this is was a fantastic discussion today. I'd like to just say thank you again to all the board members that joined us today um, to have this discussion. Um, for everybody out there listening, uh, there will be two versions of this podcast available. They go up to SoundCloud. And I do want to ask if you guys like podcasts, if you are audiophiles like I am, uh, follow us on SoundCloud. It's just Kasa Media, just like the rest of our social media is. Head over there, follow us. We just broke 200 followers on SoundCloud, which I'm personally really stoked about. Uh, And it definitely motivates us to keep doing these things. So follow us over there, like stuff, check it out. There's two versions available, the full version. You can listen to this entire podcast. And I also edit down just a small, shorter version of just Alex's legislative rundown. So that if you've got a quick commute to work or you're going for a jog or or whatever it is, and you've got 15, 20 minutes and you want to find out what's happening right now, you can tune into that, see what's going on, get involved, you guys. If you're not members of CASA, leave right now and go join. It's absolutely free. Check it out. Um, the more the more people we have, the more members we have, the stronger we are. And just like Danielle said, you know, we are we are only as strong as our membership, and that's all of us. That's everybody here. Uh, so thank you guys one last time. Um, do I? Is there? We don't have any anything going on next week. We're all here, I believe. No. No sneaky little. We we're not, should all we're
3: gonna... be here. Uh, we don't have any guests lined up yet, but uh, our Twitter Ooh. space is on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, um, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll get some some good guests like we have have uh, have in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna. That was my next thing. Was the Twitter space um, here pretty soon? I'm, I'm I'm sure probably about maybe Monday. Kristen you usually usually you start posting about that Monday, uh, something like that on on Twitter. Whenever I'm told about it is what I do. Okay. So, yeah, well, Monday, Tuesday, uh, we'll have a tweet out about it. And I write on those Twitter space tweets, those heads up kind of tweets, you can click the little set reminder buttons. Mm-hmm. So that way you get a notification. So when you see that tweet, set that reminder, set it and forget it. And uh, your phone will ding at you when you're all, we're all live and, and chatting again. So that should do it for us. Same time here as far as Casa Live is concerned. Same time next week, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 over on the other coast google food for the rest of the world you guys thank you much love everybody be excellent to each other out there and uh chat with you soon